partner with us at patreon.com forward slash the theology pit for $10 a month. You get all of these interviews, all the stuff that I do immediately without having to wait weeks and weeks and weeks for it to come out. How awesome is that? Hey everyone, welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with The Bottomless Pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, pastor, Samson Kovach, coming back to you again with the fourth installment here on African Tribalism. I hope you've been enjoying the other three, and we're going to continue on. Um, We're going to pick it up right where we left off, so, you know, stay tuned. And if you haven't listened to the other three, please do. And if you want to hear everything, you know, just all in one and you don't want to see it, you're like, well, what's going to happen in the next one? Go to Patreon. That's your ticket. What do you think of Somalia? <laughs> Somalia is a uh, is a uh, people have uh, mistaken me for a Somalian, so <laughs> and we are close. But of course, every time you hear Somalia, you hear it for some chaos, some fighting, some bombs, and some stuff. And but but it's it's you know it's a country. It's a struggle. There's been civil war. They've always. Uh, had wars and and there are many people who have run from Somalia to Kenya. There's one of the biggest you know refugee camps in Kenya, and we've intermingled with them. They are one of the most you know brave people that I've, I know. Like they 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 are not afraid. Mm. <laughs> not in any case, like in any situation. Like for instance. There are cars that are driven, like petrol cars, which are very dangerous tankers. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the number of uh, drivers, I mean the tribes of the drivers who drive those trucks, most of them are Somalias. They're not scared of anything. They're ready to risk. And, uh, you know, and so, but but in terms of the country and, uh, yeah, it's, they uh, do uh, practice the Islamic law, which is... uh, which is uh, really dangerous for many people. And so Christians, it's just very tough yeah. place to be for Christians. But, but yeah, it's, it's a very delicate area. So every now and then there will be some political issues that leads to very many uh, civilians dying and so on and so forth. Yeah. I remember talking to someone who um, they considered themselves Persian because they hated the whole, like, you know, being called a Pakistani. Like, they just, you know, they didn't like that, oh, you take three or four groups together and now they're supposed to be a people and he hated that. But he did not like Somalians at all. He said they have no soul. They are, he said, they're the meanest people. And he said, no, I will, I will not deal with them. Like I will, not, and I was just wondering. I was like, "Wow, they have this reputation." Uh, as you know? individuals that I've met, I wouldn't say that uh, they're very, uh, very kind and very. But it's just—it's just a matter of perception that somebody True. would have of a people. Because like over here, Somalia, like really, like besides the wars that, you, like you mentioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we honestly have like an indifference to it. It's right, like when right. I think Ethiopian, I just think like you know, starving people. <laughs> like you know, that's that's all that I think. That, right. That's if you go to Ethiopia, like if I if I 
came to visit you and Marcia did, <laughs> and I would go from seeing you and then I would cross the border and immediately just skeletons with skin. Like, and that's, and that, and an entire country had just skeletons. Nah. Like, that's, yeah. Like, that's the picture that right, I have. Right. And he seemed to have the same type of picture right. with Somalians. There is a certain truth to that. There are certain regions you will go and it will break your heart in terms of people dying of hunger. If we're talking about Ethiopia. I mean, no, either, right. either, oh, can, either, yeah, okay, I, yeah. even, even, even they, Somalia, even, the, yeah, Somalia, okay, yeah, because I know that they're north of, wait, what it's, uh, it's hard to explain on the, on, you know, listening, <laughs> like how, how the shape of northern Kenya, right? Is, but I didn't know if they, if they touched or if Kenya, yeah, we, intersected. We, on. we touched on the northeastern side for Somalia, for Somalia, yeah, and, and then, the north for, for Ethiopia, and so then those two. Countries touch they, yeah. uh, above you. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. So yeah. Ethiopia and uh, Somalia do uh, share borders. But yeah, the, you know, it's it's like if you go to the capital city of Ethiopia, you will wonder. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, yeah. and you will never understand like uh, uh, that perception of people dying and everything in yeah. uh, uh, in the capital city. But there are certain areas you will go way far from the cities and stuff, and then you realize, oh wow. There are actually people dying of hunger in certain areas, and people who are, you know, suffering because of whatever that is going on. Whether it's a civil war, whether it's drought, regardless. But yeah. there are people that are suffering. Either in, I mean, most of the African countries have certain areas where people are really facing, you know, just lack of basic needs. Okay. So, so yeah. But I've been to Ethiopia. I mean, every country has a unique unique feel to it you know Uh, even as an African when I go to other countries there is I'm like wow this is really different in as much as we share in so many cultural areas and cultural things but at the same time we are like oh wow these people are really different from us and and so yeah so but I, I wouldn't say they're all negative they're very good things with about you know a group and then there are things that you'll see okay Wow, this is this is really you know also a, an aspect that one person can pick in regards to a certain group. And there are people who are brave. There are people who are known for businesses. You know, there's a tribe that is known. They do a very the good job in terms of business, and they're known. And they're a group that is known for pastoralist and you know taking care of. They, they, they're like animal lovers in terms of cattle and goats and wow. you know it's it's all different and 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 so on and so forth so let me ask you about what um the country that's been called here at least here in the west the breadbasket of africa zimbabwe (laughs) zimbabwe yeah i haven't been there before but uh but what do you you think of it like i mean is when when i say zimbabwe is it the same like thing that comes into my mind it's like i don't know it's somewhere over there like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mugabe. Mugabe is the one who comes to my mind and uh, it's a very fertile land. Uh-huh. It's it's beautiful. It has, you know, wonderful scenes and, 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 and very fertile ground and everything. But yeah, it's... Natural mu- resources. Natural resources is mean, very yeah, rich. Like, yeah. But because of the politics and, you know, it's, it's one of the poor countries that we have and... And Mugabe, who has been the president like from independence until recently, and and it's 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 just you know the, the Mugabe is the first person that comes to mind when you I hear Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and uh, he's done his things and Africans like him. Strangely, yeah. So it, when I when I studied in Uganda, 
Idi Amin Dada is one of the most, you know, is known because of his, the chaos that he caused in terms of the the Westerners. Okay. He actually made white people carry him, kind of. So there's a certain level that I realized, oh, actually, Africans like, like him. I mean, Ugandans, uh, there are people that said we actually need somebody like Idi Amin to okay. rule us. And so it's, it's a different, it depends from which perspective a person looks at. But even uh, Zimbabwe, Mugabe is loved in as much as people are like, ah, he just forced himself into power all these years and killed many people and did all this and this. But but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a beautiful country and, and uh, yeah. Well, okay, let me, let me ask you this so we can switch topics here okay. real quick. Besides John Mbiti, mm-hmm. who is another African author that people should read? Uh, <laughs> so, John Mbiti is an expert for inter- when it comes to African traditional religion. But there are many other authors that, are, that have written other things. But uh, I think he, he, he is, an, because he studied in the West also, he's, he's, he has done a very good job in terms of uh, what he has written. His uh, research on different tribes and the areas in relation to faith and in relation to, to the West. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, um, but there are a number of uh, writers... Uh, hmm. I don't have them on my mind right now, but there are novels that we read when I was in high school that are written by by some of the Nigerian writers and some Kenyan writers. There's uh, there's one called Things Fall Apart, Ngugi Wa Diongo. Okay. He is, he, yes, that's one of the examples that just popped in my mind. So if you can, does he write in English? He in, writes in English. Okay, okay. Ngugi Wadiongo is one of uh, you know a renowned writer, and he he does a very good job. Also, you can learn about African cultures by just reading his writings, and so. That is the person I have in my mind right now, on top of my mind, and and there are other several African writers that have written and that are helpful. But I think John Beatty, in terms of the academic and in relation to religion, mm-hmm. he he is he is the person to go to. Okay, all right, and then uh, move on to the final mm-hmm. final segment part here, and this is culturally explaining the gospel. Mm-hmm. In a in a Kenyan culture, um, I know we've talked about that before on the on the Forbidden podcast that we had to we had to take <laughs> down. But I think that it's worth revisiting because mm-hmm. that's not what they that's not what the objection was right, to pulling right. it down. But I found it really interesting. Right, and um, just uh, you know talking to somebody mm-hmm. because it's because it, in, in your country in your culture talking about religion is a little bit more welcomed yes than than it is here in america right um people are just kind of standoffish with it because um I, and i think that has to do with a lot of the um like hucksters that were just trying to get people's money and, right and you know just there, there's a lot of different issues but mm-hmm. you, you come across somebody they're not a christian right um, how how do you go from the process of them not being a Christian, explaining the gospel, and then them being a Christian? Yeah, so one, we have, you know, very many different cultures in as much as, I mean, there's a general Africanness of uh, Africans, but 
due to different tribes, there's a different areas that you can approach. But basically, I think the most important thing is uh, knowing the African traditional religion background. Okay. I think okay. that that is where that is kind of a foundational for for witnessing to Africans is that is knowing the general because it it kinds of uh, you know. It, it still relates into many people's faith. In as much as they're Christians or Muslims or whatever they are, but still the African traditional religion comes into into play in terms of their life. So I think one of the major important thing is knowing. So this is just my thoughts on it. So there's one African proverb that says, "Do not throw stones to God, because it will hit your head." So when it comes to faith, when it comes to things about God, Africans don't want to jump and argue with you about that. So the, the, the African traditional religions believe, you know, in multiple of gods, you know, there are these gods and these gods. And so what, what happens is that they will listen. It's, it's not a big deal to, to, for a person to, to share about their faith to another person. So because they don't want to throw stones at gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... So that gives an African a, a, a little bit much uh, better initiation, initial conversation mm-hmm. in terms of talking to. And we are not like forbidden, like there's no company that says we forbid anybody to talk about faith or something like that in, in Africa. I doubt whether there's a place they say, uh, don't talk about Christianity or don't talk about your faith when you're in this context. Because generally, we believe, Africans generally believe in existence of God. There is a God out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have an issue with that. But it's like, how do we get to the God that we know? And so, so when it comes to conversation with the, I think the animosity comes or the tension comes when it's more on Christians and Muslims. You know, and this is not always, but there are certain places that you go when you start the conversation because of the Islam and, and Christian and Muslim conflict it tends to be very tensed. And so the initial aspect is that you're just bombarded by so many questions. They're like Trinity, you know, there's just things that you can't explain to a person just who just came and you're just talking to them about faith. Mm. And then they bring this up, or Jesus is not the son of God because God does not give birth to, you know. And then that's when you begin your conversation from there, Already, their mind is in more in a defense mm-hmm. mode. It is it's really hard to talk about those things in that context. But I think from my experience in terms of talking to people about faith is it's very natural. So when riding in a bus, somebody sitting next to you, the, the people tend to ask people each other like, "Hey, hey, where do you where are you coming from? Where are you going? What's your name?" And where you're going, what, what are you going to do? And most of the time when I travel, it's for school. So I'm going back to school, I'm going home from school. They will ask me, what is your name? Where are you going? And I say, uh, I'm, I'm a student of theology. Oh, so you're, you're, you're planning to be a pastor. So that is how, and then the conversation automatically goes towards the faith because I generally say, oh, I, I am studying, you know, to theology and they say what is theology most of the time and I'll say it's Bible and so the conversation begins from there in terms of The Theology Pit is a partner funded ministry 
please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now, let's get back to the show. So, so I think the most important thing is just to talk out. And, and um, most of the things that I've observed is that people already have certain things that they've been told about this. I mean, for instance, for Christians, there's certain things that have been told about Christians. So Christians believe in this guy who says he's, he's the son of God or something like that. And so they have these small chunks that they've picked and they already have it. So what I do is I listen to them. I, say, I tell them, okay, tell me what you know about Christianity. So that is where I began from. I, I begin from most of the time. And so that kind of as they talk, it, it tells you where the issues are. And so, and then you ask them about their faith. Leave the Christianity, but tell me about, so if you're Muslim or you're African traditional, you know. You're, That's interesting so, that I do the exact same thing here in the States with people. <laughs> okay. That, you know, if they're not, they're not Christian. Well, right. What do you know about Christianity? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. And then what do you believe? And so yeah. that's, yeah, that's uh so I asked you about in an African context and you're telling me about what I do. So the- you need to know. <laughs> I asked you a very specific question. <laughs> and I answered what I have done. This is something I learned out of experience as an African, even in the African context. So, for instance, there's a place I went for mission. Uh, for as a, We went for mission. Uh, it was uh, in August, I think. We went and... Uh, it's 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 an area that is very hostile to Christians. But uh, when we came there, I began by telling them, "We yes, we are Christians. We came we came to share our faith with you. But first, we want to hear from you. You tell us about your your faith. Who knows? We might like it. So you tell us. So what? It completely changed their mindset. Yeah. Because what they did was they actually got us chairs and they we sat down and they started talking to us about Islam. And as they were talking, you know, I also contributed in their talking about Islam because I knew a little bit about uh-huh. Islam. So that kind of gave them, oh, okay, you actually know, keep going. And so after a while, they said, okay, you've listened to us. So they pointed at the whole team that was there and they said, all right, nobody talks, keep quiet. Now it's their turn. You tell us now about your faith. So that completely changed the dynamics and yeah, the relationship. Yeah. That, you know. So these are things that I've learned out of experience that I've, in terms of encountering. I've done that with um, speaking with Roman Catholics mm-hmm. before because here Roman Catholics and Protestants, um, usually Roman Catholics accuse Protestants of just, well, you just don't know what right. we believe. Right. And it's a problem. So I've sat there and I've talked to Roman Catholics for mm-hmm. like an hour mm-hmm. and I've been able to add things to it because right. I've studied Catholic apologetics. Right. And after like an hour, they say to me, wait, you know all this stuff. Right. Tell me why you're not Roman Catholic. <laughs> and they're ready to hear. Right. So again, Dan, I asked you a very specific <laughs> question. About <laughs> so, but but generally, uh, this is just a, uh, my you know final shots on 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 the African witnessing to an African. The the good thing is that they most Africans never say no when you come to tell them about God. So that is already a, a win yeah, yeah. for for a person witnessing. So, uh, but they have their own beliefs. So it's 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 more on sitting with them, knowing knowing their beliefs and telling them what you believe, 
and it's and also the, the witnessing sometimes is a process sometimes you need to walk with the person and then yeah. you know it's it's a slow slow going and so some of the things that we do which is a mistake is that we go to an area we preach to them and they accept Christ and then tomorrow we pack and we go away and that is really not a way to do it. so it should be a continuous thing but because yeah, you can't disciple right yeah. yeah so the yeah. disciple part is a very important thing so I think uh, I don't know if I've answered you enough, but in relation to African you general, told me the same things that the, I do over the, here. It's, it's almost <laughs> like there's one spirit leading the both of us. <laughs> so it's a good thing. It's a good uh-huh. thing that we do the same thing uh, there in Africa, and you do it right here. So that's I think that's a good thing. Well, let's talk about. I'll, I'm going to get specific here because okay. you talked about something I, I think the audience would find interesting, and that's mm-hmm. the the idea of sacrifice. Right. Because um, Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross is abstract in right. our culture, right. in, in the in the United States culture. Mm-hmm. We we have no background with with sacrifice. It has no real meaning to us, either right. than. Well, it's supposed to have some meaning to right. us, but in your culture, in mm-hmm. your context, um, sacrifices still occur. Yeah, and can you talk about that a bit? Yes. So, yeah, this is interesting, which is a good point in terms of uh, you know Christian witness because uh, the African traditional religion resembles a lot the Jewish culture, like in terms of the belief system and everything. So when you Jewish, guys read the Old the, Testament, the Old Testament. you guys are like, "This yeah, is us." Yes. So the Old Testament really is 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 a is a place that affirms most of the things. They're like, "Oh, we do that, and and we do that." And uh, so when it comes to atonement or you know sacrifices, you know for Christians, it is more of a, a reconciliation of 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 believers to God through Christ. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's something that. Um, even in the Old Testament, the sacrifices that have been done, I think it's more from a devotional perspective. But the the, the difference with the African um, sacrifices is that uh, is that uh, there are things that happen in in the nat- in the physical world. These are just some of the things. So when things happen and they're like, oh, we don't know why that happened. Like for instance, let's say there's a drought. When, when drought strike, they will say gods are angry with us. So that's why they've refused, you know. To, so it's not just the next tribe's fault. N- no. <laughs> so it's, it's the gods are angry with us. So what do we do so that we get rain? So they will sacrifice. So th- th- that's one of the examples. And, uh, but then I think the major thing that I've observed in terms of the sacrifice that they are done in African context is that the African mindset most of the time is of there is a God, he's a little far from us. This, you know, he's a superior being somewhere. He controls everything in the physical world. And he he has a wrath. You know, he 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 can get really angry. So we don't want him to be angry. So let's do everything to appease him. So the sacrifice comes in from that perspective of appeasing. So we 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 just don't want to be hot. We don't want to suffer. So what we do is let's appease the gods. So they do a lot of sacrifices and uh, whether it's celebration, whether it's wedding, whether whatever big occasions, there's a lot of sacrifices that are done. Gets angry at weddings? Not really. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, but God's mad at but, angry weddings and uh, no. So it's it's the anger is more on 
why are bad things happening? Why are, uh, for instance, why uh, is one family, you know, losing their family members every now oh, and then? So I those, okay, those okay. are the places. But, but for for celebration, it's more on whatever. Because in Africa, the the aspect of the connection between the spirit world and the physical world is so intermingled in such that there's nothing you do that doesn't have affect the spiritual world. And so whether it's celebration, whether it's every 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 single thing is is linked to the spiritual world. And so when we when they're celebrating, they want to sh- show that even in the celebration there is an aspect of we need to give God. Mm. <laughs> you know, we need to give to appease God in our celebration. We need to b- because in every aspect whether it is uh, when it's farming, whether it's Anything, just think random small things. Something crosses your path, it might be a bad omen, so we need to do some, 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 you know, uh, sacrifice or something. So, so uh, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, because of fear that um, he's so angry that we are celebrating. Not, not that. But, but sometimes it's honor. It's honor, okay, yes. Yeah. So sometimes it's honor. So just not to get into bad foot or you know on a wrong side with God. And so okay. they do a lot of sacrifices and so and also there is a covenantal kind of you know that are done which is to link up so I don't know if it's currently been done but uh, you know when a child is born when a child when somebody marries when somebody dies there has to be you know a, a, an animal has to die. A blood has to, sh- to 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 be shed, and and so that has a kind of a significance in relation to, you know, let may the evil, you know, may may the gods protect this child from the evil and everything, and so they will sacrifice and do something, and and so yeah, so so when it comes to you know Christ's sacrificing. And it's it's really a big deal, and especially also, for instance, the hanging. You know, when it comes to uh, Isaiah saying, that, you know, cast cast is the one who is uh, is it Isaiah? Cast is the one who is hung on the tree. It's it's Deuteronomy or something. I think I, I, I think it's from Deuteronomy. But yes, yeah. but you know, it, most of the African tribes, uh, when somebody hangs them, himself or herself on a tree, they don't put, they don't even, the tree is cast, everything about that person is cast, and so they don't even want to touch it. So sometimes mm-hmm. they will hire somebody from another tribe to come and pull down the body. And so when you when, when you talk about the cross or, you know, Jesus being, uh, you know, nailed to the cross, it it's very significant because of all that he has done. But sacrifice, yeah, back to the blood, it's, it's very, very significant when it comes to to the shedding of blood. So, because African cultures have been, African tribes have been doing sacrifices over and over many times for very minor things and for major things and everything. So, when it comes to Christianity and, you know, that Jesus has shed the blood and it's once and for all, that is really significant mm-hmm. and that we don't have to be because most of the time is these gods and whatever you know the 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 people that they go to to do the sacrifices actually they end up being poor because they keep on taking this this and this go bring a god which has a, a black body and, and and a white head or a, you know whatever specific instructions that are people are given so that they do sacrifices and and in, it's it's in all aspects of life whether it is marriage whether it's kids whether it's if somebody doesn't have so it used to like 
anything you want, you go do a sacrifice and then you kind of get. But that is more like, and they still do happen. These things do happen in certain areas and certain, you know, contexts in Africa. But generally, so when the Christ comes in, one major important thing within the African context is uh, exorcism. Ah. That, that, that changes a lot of things. Why? Because they realize, okay, we know there's a God and we know there's evil. And now that the God of this group comes in and they have beaten this group, <laughs> so we want to be on the winning side. Yeah, so yeah. that, that kind of really does a lot in terms of uh, the power because they, it's, 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 it's fear. One of the major thing is fear that uh, it's used in, in the spirituality. So out of fear, they will do reverence and uh, sacrifices and everything. But and that's very much like the Israelites in the Old Testament yes. because they understood Yahweh to be their God. And when they would go into battle, why they took the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. with them. And, you know, everybody just had that idea of even gods have geographical boundaries. Right where now you have the true God who comes in and right. he rules over anywhere, uh, yes. he, yeah, anywhere he is, everywhere he is. Yeah. And, okay. and that when they see that there's spiritual forces that are being defeated by, you know, you know, believing in Christ, yeah. this becomes more appealing in terms of, okay, confidence in yeah, being. Yeah. So, so I think the sacrifice is, is a see, very... We handle, we handle like demon possession a lot differently in America. Yes. Like we, we use um, medication and right. drugs to get right. the demons addicted and then we t- pull them out through withdrawals. We, that- <laughs> I mean, we, there are certain areas that they don't do it right. So the, the problem with the, with the, some of the aspects in, in Africa when it comes to demon possession is that you say you have a headache, they'll say it's your demon possessed. Mm, so yeah. sometimes that, you know, over... Overdoing it, like any any problem which is not even related to demonic yeah. possession, they will easily be classified as a demonic possession, and so sometimes it, that that area we kind of fail a little bit. But but generally, there's uh, the the aspect of that's why it's very common and it's very okay. appealing to most of the African countries is that yeah you know and it, and it seems like from um, just to kind of move this along a little bit mm. from hearing testimonies from African students mm-hmm. um, your testimonies are very different from the Western okay. it's much more communal mm-hmm. I saw God working in the areas different of people's lives right. around me and coming to this realization mm-hmm. which is different so even the way you're understanding the atonement right. is very relational right it is not individual it's not the the focus isn't on me mm-hmm. the focus is on god's relationship to humanity to the community right. to the tribe to to everybody which is something i've tried to get more people to focus on i'm like that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's a, a bigger understanding but here in the west it's um it's all about me it's all about my faith and it's all about my faith being that thing that i use which has god it is it is my form of appeasement mm-hmm. To God in order to do favorably on me, where you're looking at more at it as because of the sacrificial understanding, mm. what Christ did in His atonement. Right. It is He who has then appeased God and made this reconciliation for us. Right. So there's there's a good. I mean, there's positive and negative aspect to that. So the communal aspect is we've we've gone for missions in certain areas and 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 most most people especially women, 
they were very open to faith. They were like, you know, actually, I actually love Christianity and I want to be a Christian, but my husband. So you go get to him. If he converts, then I convert. Mm -hmm. So that is the limitation of the communal aspect. So some areas you go, you get the elder of the village or all the area, you get the whole village. They will all convert. But then sometimes you kind of think, is that really genuine with all the people? So, so there is always, there's dynamics in both areas. But uh, yes, there is an aspect of one individual like getting healing. You know, he's being prayed for and then he, heal, he gets healed. His whole family sees this and says, all right. We want to be Christians. And all of them, that was the, the witness, that's their testimony. Mm -hmm. Like, he did this while I actually saw him. And then they, they convert to Christianity. And so, and, it, and it's not for, because we want the power of healing for no. our family. It's because we've we seen saw. the evidence yes, that this God is true right. and real. And Right. So so that is, uh, that is one of the things that uh, do, I see. Do you think this is what makes um, Pentecostalism so attractive? Within within the African yes, context. you you could say that, especially when it comes to you know spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the attractive you know it's it attracts a lot of people and and so some sometimes it it pushes some of the people to places that are you know just to show that this is happening so they can, you know, it, it, it might not be even true. Some people yeah. will stage it just to get the attention of these things. But And they're bringing in like the health and wealth gospel. Right. To the name it and claim it or the, <laughs> the blab it and grab it. <laughs> yes. And uh, all these things unfortunately do happen and, and it's it's a little unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, you, you don't want to throw away the baby with the baby water or whatever bath water you yeah. say you don't want to throw everything yeah. we out we have lots of water around here so <laughs> we understand that you know I don't know if you throw the baby out with the dust bowl I have no idea <laughs> you say what it rains like what once or twice in Marsabit like no actually like, it rains a lot but it's seasonal okay. so the, the, sometimes it, it will go a whole year without raining but sometimes, like right now, it's cold. It's very cold right now, and I'm really a whole year without rain. Sometimes these are the the, the times that that happens. But it does rain. It's not like it's completely, you know. No, you should come, Samson. You should come, and uh, I will take you around. Uh, you come and uh, stay in Marsabit in northern Kenya for yeah. a while. And could, could you see. show me the Anglican bunker that you stayed in whenever the Muslim <laughs> uprising happened a few years ago? <laughs> Those things happen, and you. <laughs> that is that is when when you come close to a realization that okay, the the U.S. government will not help you. No one is close to help you. So the only person you depend on is is. Have is you God. seen any of the American bunkers here? No. You know why? I don't know why. Because we're not like Marsabit, Kenya. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you need to yeah. get to that level so that you can be able to uh, experience another level of faith also because you realize okay this is a miraculous this is a miracle if this happens so sometimes yeah. God walks yeah. through such things and so but uh, but yeah it, it's uh, it's dry and but it's not as dry as people say and it it, it rains and sometimes it doesn't rain so it, it's it's just Season so that yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes and go. There we've had worst droughts in the certain 1980s, and there was a crazy, crazy. I, I I'm wasn't sure there even are times born. it is just absolutely beautiful. It's, yes. it's like anywhere else in the world. True, I mean, it, it has it. I mean, even even here in America, like I've been out to the deserts and stuff, and mm -hmm. after a rain, 
it's like the entire desert comes to life right and it's in bloom and then and then it, and it goes away and it's just all orange with specks of green everywhere and you're like what is this <laughs> this is awful and it's yeah. like 120 degrees what's going on here i don't like this <laughs> but then at night it's like 50 degrees and you're like yeah. this is no it's like give give me the mountains and the humidity thank you <laughs> so, like. but, um, so continuing on with the um uh, the the incorporation of the gospel into the right. life of, of of people. Yes, it's just um, yeah. I can understand how that extreme for the communal mm-hmm. then tends to make people um, you know kind of lackadaisical with their own walk. Right. It's like, well, why do I why do I need to practice and walk and do anything this way? I'm I'm part of this mm-hmm. group, and so therefore I'm okay. And um, some scholars looking at Israel have gone back to Second Temple Judaism, mm-hmm. N.T. Wright being one of them, E.P. Sanders, and saying this may have been the mentality mm-hmm. of the majority of the Jewish people there in saying that, well, we're Jews, mm-hmm. so therefore we're saved, we're fine, we're, you know, why do, why do we have to do all these other things? Why do, and, and that may even be, you know, the, um, the mentality today for right. some Jewish people. Right. Well, I'm Jewish. Yes. Like, of course, I, I'm I'm God's chosen people. So therefore, nothing I do yeah. takes me away from that. Right. And and it sounds like you kind of have the same type yes. of problem where you say, you know, it's it, it's it's a walk. It's a discipline. True. It's you know, there's more to it. True. But you know, I do believe that God walks in in because this that gives uh, us an opportunity of. Uh, sharing the gospel with them in as much as sometimes they might have just converted because of being in a group so yeah. because you know we belong to this and so whatever happens to this happens to this group mm-hmm. happens to me so you know be this is uh, I am because we are yes yeah. <laughs> you know it, the existence of an individual is dependent more on the community than the, the individual himself and so so in terms of faith, yeah, it has both uh, advantages and disadvantages. But the more advantages that I see is that the fact that somebody will just come to church and sit and listen mm. is a bigger advantage. Yeah. In terms of even if my 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 belief my understanding is that even if in the initial time the, the conversion might not have been genuine, but in the process of walking and listening to the scriptures and everything, that poses an advantage in terms of this person actually converting, you know, and 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 taking his faith more seriously. So that is a good uh, good side of of the communal acceptance of of mm. faith in in, in to. To Christianity, so but uh, these days, I mean, things are changing. We're having a lot of influence from the West, and so there's the individual aspect. For the first time, things yeah. are coming like, this is how I feel. I should do this. I feel like uh, you know, and, and kids will go against their parents, which is something that is un- unheard of before. Yeah. You know, a kid will say, okay, I don't want to be a Christian. I want to be a Muslim, or a, a, a Muslim family. A kid will say, you know, I want to be a Christian, and then. But these are the changes that are coming in, slowly yeah. creeping in, and the society a little bit changing in terms of... Uh, I think it's helped me in my walk with the cultural understanding, mm-hmm. too, because um, over the years, I've grown more and more sensitive to the communal aspect mm-hmm. and the individual aspect. Mm-hmm. And um, the reading more like um, like Torrance's work and um, uh, Carl Barth and things like that, and just getting this understanding of there is a bigger community than just a me and Jesus relationship. Right. And that, 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 that has actual meaning to it as much as this. And, 
and in other shows um, like Divergent Theology, which you can find on YouTube or iTunes or whatever, um, Apple Podcasts, I should say. Uh, you, when I, you know, explaining that to to my co-host mm-hmm. that there is this cultural, um, communal aspect to it that we tend to we tend to sidestep in the West, mm-hmm. and it, it's not so much about that. That's why a lot of times people won't be loyal to a church. Mm-hmm. Just like they're not loyal to a job because right. we've had situations in our country and growing up and I've, I've, I've had this happen where you can work for a company and they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Like they will get rid of you and fill your position without a second thought. Right. Like they just, they just don't do that. And so a lot of people look more at their career of, you know, moving from job to job, from business to business. Rarely, I mean, it used to be, you worked at a place for 50 years and you retired. Like right. that, you only had one job your entire life. That right. was it. You raised a family. You, you, mm-hmm. know, you did all that. But now because of this, it's, it's gotten, uh, it's pushed us even more individualistic <laughs> if that was even possible in right. America. Mm-hmm. And that's spilled over into our church life. Right. And you have churches that then sort of run themselves like a business. They mm-hmm. hire their pastors. They bring it in. It's, I mean, it's like, I mean, you have executive pastors now. Yeah. And the executive pastor uh, works alongside with the lead pastor mm-hmm. to execute what needs to be. I mean, it's very much a business relationship. And because of this, people are not loyal. I, I was talking to a, a pastor who said, um, when I hear of someone from our congregation leaving and going to a church that is really different, I know it's not for theological reasons. Mm-hmm. It's for the, the convenience of what that other church is offering. Right. Rather than a, any any sort of scriptural or theological or denominational reasoning for it. You can't ask them like, well, what of your opinions about your faith change that caused you to go there? And they'd say, well, none. They just had a, you know, uh, a swing set for the kids or whatever. Like, and we have kids and that works right, and, you right. know, that's a, and that sort of thing. But bringing in this cultural understanding that you're part of a family, you're part of a community. Yeah. This is your relational a- aspect, mm-hmm. you know, in my preaching, I'm, I'm always trying to bring together those two things and saying, look, it's in this community of what God does, right. but you are responsible within this community mm-hmm. to actually go and bring other people yes. into this community. Yes. Yeah. It's what I, my observation has been, um, you know, you, you can easily be told, do not preach on this or that, or we will fire you. That's kind of on my mindset. When you know, I look around in the West, it's like they can easily get rid of you if they want to, and and yeah. so you know the you can. Churches are like yes. that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and so, but uh, in that in in that area, the, like the African churches have more a little bit more. Like the pastor can, if if you're faithful to the scriptures, you can actually just go on, you know, preaching directly what is in the scriptures and and, and, and make sure you're of the right tribe when you do it that's all (laughs) just be faithful to the scriptures and uh yeah i mean that would be great but um but in the issue of uh yeah the communal aspect is 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 that sometimes i mean right now the biggest issue that i do see is the, the feeling thing i don't feel like this is a good place. As you said, they will not give you a theological issue that they want to leave, but they're like, I don't feel like, so the, the feeling is more emphasized. But in the African, you know, setting, they, although things are changing now, but in the African setting, your feelings, no. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's more about this is okay. This is the belief, and so when you there is another saying that say if you eat that, just fill your stomach with it. Don't test it and leave it. <laughs> if you eat dirt, just the, fill your stomach just with it. Just eat it, you know? Don't be 50-50, you know? So, <laughs> You have to write down these Kenyan proverbs. You have to. <laughs> so, and then you own it. You know, just be proud of whatever you... It's, it's just take the, you know, responsibility. It's not like testing a little bit and say... Because the, there's no difference. If you, if your stomach will have... If you have stomach with a test a bit of a... That, it's still the same with when you've eaten it well, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, that, that is more on, 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 on the African setting is that, okay, we've accepted this. We take responsibility. Let's go with, you know, kind of an aspect this is not always you know mm-hmm. the, of course but generally the mindset is not like an individual saying okay but actually an individual who is in a family in a, in a church living he will feel like he's living a family and so and that is a big deal yeah. because the identity is more based on a communal aspect so but here you know you can easily change a church you can easily change things and so I, I, I mean it's it's a dynamic that is more on based on on, a, on the society that we are living in right now and so it's one of the challenges for a pastor what do I do because if the person who is paying the highest tithe in the church wants things to be done in a certain way so what do you do do you compromise and say okay i don't want to get re- i don't want to lose this person because he's contributing this amount of money to the church or so there's you know certain things or what do people want so should we do the things that people want us to do or do we or should you uh, you're told not to preach on these areas and so should you just leave those areas and just you know preach other things and so should you be removing things from your you know someone that you've prepared just because there's some person that you know in the in the among the congregations who will be offended by your preaching so there's so many yeah. dynamics and it's risky and so it, that's where another sacrifice you know you have to sacrifice because it's you either choose and if you choose to preach the scriptures faithfully do it do it you know like don't do a little bit of it. Just yeah. get into it. Yeah, and if you don't, yeah, just yeah. eat it all, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, then leave it. You know, just clearly, just don't, don't, don't get into it. So, I think that is. It has both sides in terms of individual and communal. But I, I mean, communal is 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 a, is a more scriptural because the revelation aspect i mean the revelation passage it clearly says that aspect of all the nations and coming yeah. together and different languages different colors yeah. and then worshiping god together and and the word for um for people is ethnos ethnos so, so you have ethnic, ethnic yes right right well dan thank you so much for um coming on and uh you know chatting away and, and doing all this thank you great i don't think uh anything is going to get either of us in trouble. It's too much trouble. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope to have you back. You, you know, be here for a while for your studies and everything. And Thank we'll, you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's been a good time. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. 
If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to Samson at the theologypit.com. That's Samson spelled S-A-M-S-O-N at the theologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. As you can tell, I, you know, just let this run because I didn't want to break up the conversation. I know this is going to be around, what, 48 minutes or so, but I think it was worth it. And I hope it was for you also listening to the gospel in an African context. It's a very interesting and a very rich context that a lot of times we don't think of. It's, it's, it's very practical. It's very pragmatic. And it's very, you know, do you believe this? Yes or no. If you do, this is the way you are. If you don't, then, then don't like, don't do an half way but it's definitely time now to close down the pit thank you this and more on the next theology pit